Welcome to Simple Theology, a podcast connecting theology to everyday life by examining various doctrines of the Christian faith. I'm Robert Kane. Hey, Rob, how come you didn't look at me when you're doing that? You were like you were making a lot of hand you were gestures. Looking off, looking into the had to, distance. Had to, had to look away. I'm right here, to buddy. Keep my professionalism. I'm right here. Uh, look straight ahead, Rob, I, into the computer screen. All eyes on me. Okay. That's right. That's right. There you go. So we are back. Appreciate that. And you want to go ahead and say your name for those who may be new? Nah. You haven't said it? Nah. Yeah, you might want to do that. Let's go ahead. How about this? My name's Bobby. Um, just humor him. Bobby Kane. Humor the new listeners. Yeah. Uh, you said the wrong name. Bill. Oh, yeah. That's not it either, but you're getting closer. Well, I mean, it's, it's closer than Bobby. Is it? Yeah. It, it, it definitely yeah. is. Yep. My name's Rick. Real close to Bill. <laughs> Will William Richard Drumlick. Rick Drumlick here. Uh, you can call me Bill. Bill being a nickname for Bill. William. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like the other nickname for Richard? It's my favorite. <laughs> it's my fave. <laughs> um, okay, Rick, how's your day, man? How are you? Um, good. Kind of a... We're not in person again. Y- well, we are. We're just not, like, together. Um, we're not in person. Yeah. We're virtually speaking. I recorded my part last night. I'm not sure when Rob's recording his part. <laughs> I'm just responding to Rick's pre-recording. He's really steering Dude, this conversation. You, you, I'm just kind of ad-libbing as you hear that as though. He throws these thing in there. Like like people, you hear podcasts where like there's like an interview, and one voice is so different than the other person. Like you do it a lot with sports, or you hear it a lot with sports, where they're like a coach will talk, and then someone acts like they're record like interviewing the coach. Uh-huh, and, uh-huh. and tell us about the defense. And, you know, it's like. Complete yep. opposite sounding. See, so listeners, I'm doing a really good job right now. Of yes. Kind of just going back and <laughs> forth with this interview style ping pong between Rick and I. He's with this thing already being recorded. You can yeah. you can tell how good I am at this. Mm. So just take it in, guys. Take it in. Professional grade. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. Something like anyway, that. Anyway, good week or good day so far. Um. Yeah. It's the end of the day. It's been a good day. Worked. Worked. Um. Little side stuff today. So. Nice. Yeah. That's about it. Down in Columbus? Yeah, Upper Arlington. hey oh, Yes. That poverty-stricken so, neighborhood. I know. They need all the help they can get. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Big Rob? That's what I call Rob, um, Big Rob. If you don't know Rob, he's a, I don't know. Heft, hefty gentleman. Yeah. He's bucking. I saw you making like one, big gestures with your arm as if I weighed like. 190. 400 pounds. 195. Uh, probably pretty close to that at this point. I'm typically around 185. Oh, but sorry, I didn't mean to offend I, you. I, no, I have been eating a lot lately and not working out. Uh, so that's bad for an athlete. Any, I mean, not an the athlete. rest of the world not anymore. That's okay, but for a former collegiate <laughs> collegiate athlete, that's not good. I was gonna say that's a that's a throwback to a few episodes ago. <laughs> so thank you for that. So what did you get into today, Rob? What was your day like? Uh, Mondays are always super busy, man. Work is very busy on Mondays, but uh, we survived. Atta, and atta can, boy. I, can I just tell you this? Can I tell you this? No. So without no, yeah. without doing too deep of a dive, let me just give you a peek into. <laughs> is this a good idea? <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> so with work, okay. It right now it's just two of us in the office, and that's crazy. But we're we're holding down the fort. We're keeping it afloat, even if it's just barely, and. We have been like, okay, we got, we're trying to hire people. And right now, just the market in Columbus, it's super tight. There's just, unemployment is very, very low. So if you find somebody, you got to get them in quick. And so we found 
two individuals that we hired, one um, a, a few weeks before the other. The one after after two days let me know that he actually accepted another position with this church. So totally understood. Hey, dude, really happy for you. That's fine. Um, so we'll have you finish out this next week, and then we'll, we'll just go our, our separate ways work-wise. So that was a bummer because you go through the onboarding process, the training process, and then you find out, oh, man, okay, well, we're going to have to do this all over again. So then we hire another guy to take his place. And after one week, this guy says, hey, another opportunity came up. It's a better opportunity that I've been really trying to get into, so I'm going to take it. And we're like, oh, my goodness, here we go. There's another one. Okay, totally understand, man. All the best. Genuinely wish you the best. Um, and then we have another guy who's supposed to start, who's supposed to start not the, not today, but a week ago today. And Sunday night, the day before he starts, at like 9.37 at night, he emails me and says, Rob, I'm so sorry, but another opportunity came up. Mm. You guys aren't, and you I'm guys aren't take it. the land of opportunity, obviously. Apparently you, you not. You need to create more but opportunity. I'm, but I'm like, oh my goodness, man. In a matter of three weeks, we've hired three people, and none of them have lasted longer than like a week and two days. That, that is, One didn't that even make tough. it to his first day. And so, and, and it's not even like necessarily a manpower thing. It's just the market right now. People apply for jobs and they get multiple offers. And so they say yes to one and then another, a better offer comes around and they're like, Ooh, I really want to do this. And yeah. so I can't blame them, but it's, it's just it's frustrating tough. for you guys. And you just keep training people, keep training people. And but all that aside, that's a, that's a downer. That's frustrating. But, but Rob, something has you know, happened in your life that is tremendously exciting. I mean, several things, but I'm thinking of one thing that you've been working for, for a long time. Yes, man. Oh, man. Rob got his so, second tattoo. That's it. <laughs> Self-made tattoo. Uh, hopefully that's on the horizon. Um, but, no, I just finished seminary. <laughs> what up? We feel like confetti falling, fireworks. <laughs> Rob has graduated from the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary with, correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, a Master's of Arts in Theology? I think. That, I'm pretty that sure. qualifies Rob. It's one of the lower end ones. Do a, that, that quali- <laughs> There's no low end master's degree at Southern. Okay. Or graduate degree. Um, Rob, that, that now qualifies you to do the podcast. You are now here. Ah, oh, finally. I am just, I'm just the soundboard. That's all Stop I am. Stop it. You correct all my theological errors. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Just keep no editing pressure. out the way I have been then. <laughs> Status quo over here. Nothing's changed. <laughs> well, no, congratulations, uh, but man. no, that's, dude, I'm. That's huge. Oh my goodness, I'm so relieved. It feels so good. Many feels years, so good. Many years in the making. To be done. A lot of sacrifice. Yeah. A lot of late night reading papers, early morning, all kinds of stuff. Weekends, the whole yeah. kit and yeah. caboodle. Yep, Way and we're in the process of selling our house. Yeah, close on the twentieth, right before Christmas. So a lot of change right now, all happening at a good time, and we're entering the process of church planting. Yes, so awesome. filling out those forms and putting that stuff together. Go get them, Tiger. Yeah, so all that's very exciting. Um, Lord's timing is perfect. If it were up to us, we would have planted a church. I saw somebody earlier. If it was up to us, we would have planted a church three years ago, and that would have been a mess. It would have been a disaster. Mm-hmm. And the Lord sovereignly uh, has his timing, and his timing just right now is so much better than what it would have been Amen. three years ago. And if he if he delays things 10 years, then I'm sure 
I'm sure his timing will be better even then. I don't I don't foresee that being the case, but just yes. all the more convinced in this season that the Lord's timing is way better than mine. So I'm sure that praise man. God for that. He's very uh, okay. justified in his actions. Oh, yes, he is. I see what you did there. Um, I feel like we always have like some kind of... Lame segue. Ooh, nicely done. Yeah, nice segue, man. You're a radio professional. Good job. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the Lord is justified in his actions. And today we are talking about... Justification. justification. Yeah, so we're so, continuing to work through the, the creeds and confessions. And um, something we've been working on for uh, some time now. I think it's safe to say, and we're kind of we're pretty much drawing from four different um, confessions. We're not really going through creeds. We talked about those when we we introduced the whole topic. But the four confessions we're talking about is the 1858 Abstract of Principles, and it's kind of our foundation. The the one we're kind of launching off into all the other um, confessions from there. But we are talking about it's the one that we're using for our confession of faith for our church plant. There you go. Wonderful. Slight, slight variation on the Sabbath, though. But other than that, you guys do Sabbath on Saturday. I, I always forget about that. Yep, yep. We uh, we. Um, what's the term? Seventh Day Adventist. Yeah, but we advent. No, <laughs> we advocate. Advent. That's what I'm looking for. We're in we Advent. For, We're in the Advent for season. the Sabbath on the seventh day. Okay. Yeah. So we are um, just kidding. Abstract of principles. We're talking also about the. New Hampshire, New Hampshire Confession of 1833, the London Baptist Confession of 1689, and the Westminster Confession of Faith of 1647. So as you can tell, um, all very old confessions, and um, we take a lot from most of these, leave some other things, and we talked about that a little bit in today's uh, topics, justification. Yeah. So, um, I'm going to go ahead and we'll read the abstract. Abstract I'll read it. it. And then we'll chat about that for a little bit. Then, Rick, you can read the New Hampshire and we can chat about that. And we've said this before. We'll say it again. The London Baptist and the Westminster Confession, these no. two statements of faith are uh, very, very, very similar. They are... Um, the Westminster obviously came first, being 1647. The London Baptist was... Um, published officially in 1689. It was published before then, but mm-hmm. they weren't allowed to publicly sign it until 1689. And so, uh, both of which, the 1689 essentially just copied what was in the Westminster and then tweaked what the differences were between a Presbyterian statement of faith and a Baptist statement of faith. Personally speaking, uh, Rick and I would lean more towards the 1689 than we would the Westminster, but both are beautiful statements, and they're beautiful. very robust, very long. And I'm just, the New Hampshire and the abstract are a little bit shorter. Before you jump in this, and I want to get going on this, yeah. but I think I've just now realized we have three Baptist confessions in the Presbyterian yeah. Confession. It's interesting. Could I, yeah, we just tried to get the most biblical I, ones, that's all. Could have been a little more bal- balanced on that. <laughs> nope, tried to be biblical. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, oh, do you want to talk about totally the SBC and their, their biblical principles? <clears throat> I love the SBC. <laughs> I did too. We're trying to be an SBC too. church plant. I'm with you. So why don't uh, you read um, your alma mater, we can now say. Okay, yeah. Hey-o. Your alma mater's um, abstract of principles. Yeah, so this uh, the statement of faith came from Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. All the professors there have to adhere to it in order to be a professor there. So that's where it was originated from, and plenty of churches since then have used it as their statement of faith because um, it is narrow enough 
to kind of plant where you are theologically and yet broad enough for there to be um, some liberty of conscience within the congregation. So let's talk about the justification chapter of the abstract principles. It says, justification is God's gracious and full acquittal of sinners who believe in Christ from all sin through the satisfaction that Christ has made, not for anything wrought in them or done by them, but on account of the obedience and satisfaction of Christ, they receiving and resting on him and his righteousness by faith. Mm. Hmm. Translation. Um, We are justified by faith alone, or by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Yes. So, uh, Galatians 2.16 says, Yet we know that a person is not justified, in the word justified, to be made right with God, is not made right with God by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus, in order to be justified by faith in Christ, and not by works of the law, because the works of the law... By the works of the law, no one will be justified. So, the, again, the idea of justification is to be made right with, to be reconciled. Um, and we are reconciled to God via our faith in Christ and Christ's work on the cross, not our own work. And I love the part right here. It says, through the satisfaction that Christ has made, not for anything wrought in them or done by them, but on account of the obedience and satisfaction of Christ, meaning that it wasn't the person's work, it wasn't their obedience, it was it was through Christ, His obedience, and the satisfaction that He brought uh, to the to be justified to the atonement for believers. It's His work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, there's a <clears throat> what was the passage you read? Galatians two fifteen. No, two sixteen. Two sixteen. Close. Um, I'm going to read Romans four twenty five. It says that he, Jesus, was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. And then Romans 5.16 says, And the gift is not like the one man's sin, because from one man sin or from because from one sin came the judgment, resulting in condemnation, but from many trespasses came the gift, resulting in justification. And so these passages Rick read, or passages Rick read, the passages that I just read, emphasize the fact that our primary problem is that we have trespassed against a perfectly just, right. and perfectly righteous, and perfectly holy God. Psalm 5.4 talks about how God is too pure to dwell with evil. Mm-hmm. And so any trespass against his law, any trespass against what he has commanded is considered evil, is considered sin. That's what the Bible calls sin, going against the will Mm -hmm. of God. And so whenever we do anything like that, to whatever degree, Mm -hmm. it's considered sin, it's considered evil, and God cannot dwell with that. So when we end up going against his will in whatever capacity, uh, we end up separating ourselves from God. And because we are fallen human beings, because we have been, Romans 5, I, I just quoted verse 16 out of that, but if you read the whole chapter, you'll see that the first Adam, we did an episode on the first Adam and Jesus being the last Adam, so if you want to go back and hear a little bit more uh, details on what I'm getting ready to say, check that out. Mm-hmm. But the first Adam 
did not have uh, sin, was not separated from God. He was in the Garden of Eden with Eve and with God, and they communed together. And then because they trespassed, they've been separated. And so that's Genesis 3 on. We see that sin is in between us and God, and it's there because God is just and must deal with sin, must deal with trespasses. And so we, being in sin, we have a justification problem. Mm-hmm. Got a problem. So so something needs to be done in order for us to be made right with God because he's perfectly just. People ask all the time, why can't God just forgive everyone? He's God. Can't he do everything? Well, actually, Scripture makes it clear that God can't do everything because God can't sin. God can't lie. God can't go against himself. And so God cannot dwell with evil. God cannot let his creation remain Mm -hmm. in evil. So he's going to address it, Mm -hmm. and he's going to do it through Christ. And we see here at the end of the abstract, it says, they, being those who receive the gift of righteousness through faith, they rest on him on Jesus mm-hmm. and his righteousness by faith. Jesus said in Matthew uh, eleven twenty eight, I believe is reference, um, come to me, mm-hmm. all you who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. And he, he's telling him there like, hey, stop striving to try and earn your own justification. I've accomplished it. Come to me and you can rest knowing that your justification has been accomplished. There you go. I'm going to read um, the New Hampshire. It's a little bit longer, a little bit more old Englishy, um, but it mm-hmm. says, "We believe that the great gospel blessing which Christ secures to such as believe in Him is justification. That justification includes the pardon of sin and the promise of eternal life on principles of righteousness." that it is bestowed not in consideration of any works of righteousness which we have done, but solely through faith in the Redeemer's blood, by virtue of which faith has perfect righteousness, is freely imputed to us of God, that it brings us into a state of most blessed peace and favor with God, and secures every other blessing needful for time and eternity. I love that last part. It said that it brings us into a state of most blessed peace and favor with God and secures every other blessing needful that we need for this time and for eternity. Is it blessed or blessed? Brings us into a state of most blessed peace and favor with God. Which is it? Is it blessed or blessed? What, what do I? What do I? I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> Have just... you ever thought about that? No, no, no. So it. it, it sorry. I'm lost. I thought you were going to pick up on that. See, this is why we need to be in person, Rick, because you're not picking up on my I'm jokes. I'm looking right at you, and I'm just reading. You it. know what, listeners? I apologize for this awkward interaction because I have Rick and really I were trying to make this work. To say about this <laughs> confession, Rob. Just hold that thought. <laughs> I'm having some comedic relief here. <laughs> So relief from what? I was I was thinking about that the other day though. I was reading through scripture and in my mind I said blessed and I was like you know, it's just one of those moments where you totally get sidetracked reading scripture. So mm-hmm. I probably shouldn't have been thinking this. I just carried on a little too far on it. But anyway, I was I continued thinking about like why is it that we say blessed here? It's spelled the same way as blessed. What would determine whether I say 
blessed or blessed? And I started thinking through scenarios. I, I really don't know. But I, you said blessed there, so I wanted to ask why. I think blessed's old English, isn't it? Yeah. I, I mean, I do, but like we we like when we're normally talking, we say blessed, and then we say blessed sometimes when we're reading, but sometimes we'll also say blessed, blessed or blessed, and they're spelled the same way. It's uh, not like I don't know. Whatever. I just I think right, it's an old English document. <laughs> go ahead, say what you're gonna say. It's more important than what I I'm think. Thinking. I think we've lost it. <laughs> just go. Just Let go. me start from the top. <laughs> we believe. <laughs> so this confession obviously is a this point. Um, it's again about justification, and it's wrapping up again saying that that God's provision it secures everything, every blessing um, that, that that's needed. And so I think so many times we get caught up and we think, okay, I have to have so many different things figured out, and I got to figure out this, and I got to get you know, and there's good things, finances in order, I got to pay cars, insurance, all this, you know, whatever. But the things of eternal value, justification is. I mean, it's supreme. Like, you have to know God and believe in Christ for um, the atonement of your sins. That's what justification is, trusting that He has paid the price for those and you are made right with God. And it secures every blessing, everything you need for this life and for um, the continue, con- as this life continues into eternity. It's a sweet thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. One of the So one of the parts that I highlighted in the, in the New Hampshire was... Just that right in the beginning, it says, We believe that the great gospel blessing which Christ secures to such as believe in him is justification. I, I was saying it earlier, but the primary problem we have is our state of being um, tr- trespassers of mm-hmm. God's justice. Mm-hmm. And God, being perfectly just, cannot just let trespasses go i've heard people use the illustration that if uh if you were if you were uh, on your way home with your family and a drunk driver hit your car and he stood before the judge and the judge said you know what um you have done a terrible thing but if you if you just do uh, a certain amount of community service mm-hmm. or if you can find a cure to cancer then then we'll go ahead and overlook what mm-hmm. you did do enough good yeah you as the person who survived that car accident when yeah. your family died because of a drunk driver you would feel like that's still not right that justice still wasn't done because he never had to pay for what he did to your family no matter how much good he does afterwards that that crime against your family was never paid for well, and it, it, it doesn't reverse. It doesn't fix it. Yeah. And so when when we think, okay, you know what? Maybe I have enough good that will outweigh my bad. If you have one trespass against a perfectly just God, mm-hmm. then that trespass still needs to be addressed. Even if you have a lifetime of good works, mm-hmm. that still doesn't change the fact that there was a trespass that needs to be addressed. And then And then people will say, Okay, so what what about, like, why is it that maybe 60 years of sin is equivalent to an eternity of punishment? And so they say, that seems a little bit over the top, doesn't it? Like an eternity of torment and suffering? Well, when we trespass against an eternal God, the, the God who is perfectly holy, perfectly righteous, perfectly just, and we trespass against Him... Mm-hmm 
who is eternal, mm-hmm. has no beginning, has no end, then we have made an eternal transgression. Yeah. And so an eternal transgression against an eternal God demands an eternal uh, punishment, mm-hmm. an eternal, it demands eternal justice. And so that is why hell is, is not just like this annihilationism. So some, people, some people view hell as like, oh, you'll just eventually be annihilated. You'll become nothing. Right. But, I mean, that, that, would, that would be more comforting to believe in, thinking of people that you love who died separated from God. But it just doesn't seem to be what the text says. And it, de- it diminishes who God is. And, and, and you start with that analogy about the car accident or whatever. Again, you, yeah. you can do all the good works you want, but that doesn't, that doesn't bring those people back to life. It doesn't make um, put it in right standing again. Whereas yeah. with, our, with our sin, we violate God's law, and we're, we're guilty and deserve eternal punishment. But when Christ atones for our sin, pays the price for our sin, we're made right with God— Everything's put back into its rightful place. It's yeah, put back yeah. the way it's supposed to be, and that's um, a blessing. That's only only Christ can do that. That's why we talk so much about um, we're saved by faith. You know, it's not through works. It's it's not anything we can earn because you couldn't earn yeah. it. You couldn't, there's no way you could earn your way back into um, being right with God. You can't do it. Christ yeah. paid the price for us for us to be able to have those, that relationship with the Father. Yeah, no, amen. So now we're going to hop into the 1689 and say, the yeah, Westminster. Yeah, no, amen. It's a little confusing. I'm, I'm sure which one. Yeah. Are you going yes. to affirm that? Are and you going to know it? Are you going to amen? Amen. Okay. <laughs> yes and amen. Yeah, no. No, yeah, yeah, amen. <laughs> hey. <laughs> yeah, no, pretty sure. Mm-hmm, yep. Mm-hmm, nah, yeah, mm, amen. <laughs> Uh, so we are not going to read the mm. full 1689 or the Westminster, but we've got a couple parts here that we wanted to point out. So if you get the chance, uh, read chapter 11. It's chapter 11 for both the 1689 and the Westminster. Uh, this, these are great confessions of faith. We'll have them linked in the show notes on our website. So if you head over to simpletheology.org, you can look at the most recent episode. And at the bottom of the show notes, you can see where we have recommended resources. We will have the links mm-hmm. to each of these statements of faith. Yeah, I love the way um, for these start out, and we're just kind of kind of go through them both at the same time because they're pretty much the same thing. Um, yeah. And uh, it's old English again, so here we go. <laughs> here we go. This is good. Those those whom God effectually calleth, He also freely justifieth. Not by <laughs> what? It's the ths are getting me. Uh, those whom God effectively calleth, he also freely justifies, not by infusing righteousness into them, but by pardoning their sins, and by accounting and accepting their persons as righteousness. Those whom he calls, he freely justifies, not by, listen, not by infusing righteousness into them, not by trying to clean them up, or hey, I'm just going to Put a little bit of the Holy Spirit in you, and you're good enough to be a child of God. You're, you're, you're good. No, he doesn't infuse us, but by pardoning their sin, by paying the price for all of it. These are two different things. One, you're trying to spruce up the place a little bit. The other is saying, no, this is, like, this is all damaged. Tear it all down and build a yeah. whole new thing. Yeah, no, that's good. 
Um, and then section, that was section one. Mm. So it's chapter 11, section one, and there's even more there. Rick read part of section one. I'm going to read section two. Section two is shorter, so I'm going to read the whole thing. And again, this is section two for both 1689 and the Westminster. And it says, faith, thus receiving and resting on Christ and his righteousness, is the alone instrument of justification. So he's saying faith alone is what brings justification. Yet, it is not alone in the person justified, but is ever accompanied with all other saving graces and is no dead faith, but worketh by love. So Martin Luther, I, I believe it's Martin Luther, is attributed to several people, I think, but this, there's a famous quote that says, faith alone saves, but the faith that saves is never alone. Faith alone saves, mm. but the faith that saves is never alone. Can you expand on that so, a little bit? Yeah, so so people will say, uh, it's almost like the cheap grace debate. And cheap grace is essentially um, a, a debate where people say, if we claim that um, faith, just like an intellectual assent, saying, yeah, I believe that God came as a man in Jesus Christ, and he paid the penalty for my sin, and three days later, he rose from the grave um, and accomplished justification for his people. If we if we just intellectually assent to that and say, yep, I believe it, but our life looks no different, then what we're saying is we don't really believe it. Because there's the, there's the illustration of, hey, if, if you believe it, then you will act. Mm-hmm. Just like if you believe that a chair will hold you, mm-hmm. then you'll sit on it. Right. If you don't believe that chair's not going to, if you don't believe that chair's going to hold you, then you're not going to sit down on it. And if so you, the Christian, go ahead. I say, yeah. I mean, and if you build it, they will come. <laughs> Thanks. I'm glad I gave you the opportunity to speak. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying that, that is my favorite movie. I was that's just a great saying, movie. See, that's Field your favorite dreams. movie. Dreams. Mm. There's an element. Um, so, there's an element of what you're talking about, and that's an illustration. I can't think of the guys. Yes, it is. Kevin Costner. He believes something, so he yep. acts on it. Shoeless Joe. There you go. Um, okay, so, uh, exactly. So the Christian yes, no, believes amen. this gospel. Yeah, yes, no, amen. Uh, and therefore, there are works in their life that support that belief. Yeah. That says, yep, they do believe yeah. that because you can see that they're acting based off of that belief. That's right. And so what they're saying here in the Westminster and in the 1689 is that, look, Faith alone, faith plus nothing else, faith mm-hmm. by itself mm-hmm. saves. Yep. Read Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9. However, true faith mm-hmm. never stays alone. There's always works of righteousness that follow it, increasing likeness of Christ. If we have been wrought by Christ from our dead state, and we have been in filled with the Holy Spirit, and we are walking in light of the gospel that we believe, mm-hmm. then our actions will begin to look like the one we follow, Jesus Christ. Yeah, doesn't mean we're going to be raising people from the dead, things like that, but we're going to walk in righteousness mm-hmm. as he walked in righteousness. We see that. So we see Ephesians 2, 8, 9, people say, oh, it's by faith alone that I'm saved. doesn't matter what I do afterwards. Well, look at verse 10 right after that. It says mm-hmm. that, We've been saved so that we would walk mm-hmm. in good works that God prepared beforehand for us to walk in. Yeah, we talk a lot about how um, 
works are not the root of our salvation. The root of our salvation is our faith in Christ. Um, but they are the fruit of our salvation. So the root is Christ and his work on the cross for us, and we believe that. Um, and, and that's the root of our salvation. But the fruit, the outpouring, the outbearing, is work. And that's what James talks about, more yeah, or less, yeah. as if, if there's no fruit, if there's no work, because there was a regeneration, then there hasn't been a regeneration, more or less. Um, yeah, no, amen. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 amen. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> So in section three, it says, um, Christ, by his obedience and death, did fully discharge the debt of all those that are justified. And did, by the sacrifice of himself and the blood of his cross, undergoing in their stead the penalty due unto them, make a proper, real, and full satisfaction to God's justice in their behalf. And a couple things I want to pull out on this and, and that it, it starts out it says Christ by his obedience and death did fully fully discharge the debt of all those that are justified he fully paid a price he f- covered all that and then at the very end um, it says make a proper real and full satisfaction to God's justice in their behalf and I, I think this is kind of the second step to what you just we just talked about how you know if we truly believe there will be actions that follow and I think, and I'll put myself in this, where sometimes we believe in justification and we, we genuinely have our, our faith in Christ and if we die, we go to heaven right now. Says, Why should you be allowed in the presence of, of God? And you say, Jesus Christ has paid the price for my sin. There's no other reason. right? So I believe in all that. But sometimes we don't understand the reality that, that all the guilt that sin can bring, the shame that sin can bring, we allow those things to weigh on us instead of understanding, no, no, like Christ has paid the price for that. That's why Galatians 5.1 says, It's for freedom Christ has set you free. Therefore, don't enter again into a yoke of slavery. When you understand what Christ has done for us on the cross, the justification, they made a full, proper, real um, atonement that satisfied God for our sin, it just changes the way you live. It changes the way you treat people. It changes uh, the way you go about um, your day. <clears throat> no, absolutely. So, yeah. Rick, that's all I got on this. And I know you're like eight minutes from bedtime. Oh, so. my goodness. I know. I got to get to bed. I got one more thing. Dude, throw, throw it out um, there, man. Section five. And this was interesting. I was just reading through it. It says, God does continue to forgive the sins of those that are justified. And although they can never fall from the state of justification, yet they may, by their sins, fall under God's fatherly displeasure, or we might say his um, punishment or discipline would be a good word, God's fatherly displeasure. And in that condition, they have not usually the light of his countenance restored unto them until they humble themselves, confess their sin, beg pardon, and renew their faith in repentance. And it's this idea that although we, we, we believe that when Christ has, has paid the price for us, we can't lose our salvation, it doesn't go away. But there are seasons when we do not walk in the, the way, the manner that, that Christ would have us to walk. And Christ, we know that as a, as a father, he does discipline his children. And sometimes people can be in sin and they can cannot have that just indwelling presence um, the way that we're created to be in that light 
and we we struggle with that. But until we confess and humble and kind of repent of those things, not kind of, but until we do those things, um, there there that unity with the Father doesn't come back. Not it's kind of confusing because it's not like you're you're out of unity, like you're separated, but you don't have the blessings, the clarity, the the heartbeat, and the passion that you do when you're walking. Um, as he would have you to walk. So hopefully that makes sense. But I think it, it brings to light that although we can be just, we, we are justified in Christ, um, those who are in him, and yet there are times when we walk in sin. And when we do that, we are missing out on so many things that God has for us. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, and I think just thinking through like the, the whole head, heart, hands thing, right? We, Rick, we've only got a couple minutes. Let's let's move through the head, heart, hands here pretty quick. quick but pretty quick. Um, when it comes to your head, what, what you're more confident of based off of the doctrine of justification, it's important to note that justification, it takes place at the moment of conversion. Mm-hmm. It's not something that you have faith, and then if you're faithful for 20 years, or if you, or if you just are still having your faith by the time you die, then you'll be justified. No. Justification takes place at the point of mm-hmm. conversion, and that's important because as you are still on this side of glory, on this side of eternity, the Christian is still going to wrestle with their flesh. They're still going to wrestle with sin. There's still going to be things that pop up, and you're going to fall down, and you're going to give into those things at times, not because you desire to, but because you're still trying to put this your flesh to death, spiritually speaking, mm-hmm. and live unto Christ. And you're not going to do that perfectly because you're still on this side of the fall, and by God's grace, Jesus is going to return, and there's going to be a recreation where he recreates um, everything to make it better than what it was mm-hmm. with the Garden of Eden. And then we won't experience the effects of the fall, but on this side, we do. Mm-hmm. And we we will still wrestle with sin, and we'll still fall into sin at times. And Satan is going to try and, try and convince you that in that moment, that moment when you gave over to sin rather than dying to yourself and living unto Christ, that you are no longer uh, in God's favor. You are no longer mm-hmm. um, justified because of this thing that you had done. Yeah. And something to recognize is that if you were justified by faith, then there is no work that you can do to lose that justification. Mm-hmm. That's great. So you great weren't justified by your works. Yeah, you weren't justified by your works, so you're not going to lose your justification by your works. Mm-hmm. So... You are justified by faith alone. And when you fall, God is saying, hey, like, repent. Repent and continue to trust that I have justified you in Jesus yeah. Christ and walk in faithfulness going forward. Yeah. So just be reminded of that. Yeah, no, that's great. I think, you know, what we talked a minute ago about as far as the heart element, how this changes our heart, is when you understand what Christ has done for you, that that when he made you right before create the creator god and so that you may have a relationship with him um when you don't just understand it on a, an ethereal level or a, just a theological level but you understand in your heart what happened there uh, that changes how you treat people that changes your your love for the gospel your love for your savior and your passion uh, to see others experience that as well yeah, and then, um, what is it, head, heart, and hands. So how how we, live, how we take this doctrine of justification and live it out practically. Um, one thing you can do 
is just as you're praying, think through the justification that's been accomplished, Mm -hmm. that God is perfectly just and him saving you is in accordance with his justice. He has done it in such a way that he is perfectly just and perfectly righteous. Um, I think Romans, what is it? Romans 3.26. Rick, do you Uh, have that? I don't know what you're... It is to show his righteousness right here. at the present time so that he might be just in the justifier of the one yes. who has faith in Jesus. That, yes, thank you. He's, he's just and he's the justifier. Mm-hmm. So he, he sees what, where you are and he justifies you and he is just in doing that. So that is a work of God. Mm-hmm. And so practically speaking, that should change the way we pray. I mean, it should we should think through how God has done that and thank him for... Uh, what he has done in accomplishing this great salvation. Uh, But then also, it should make us patient towards Mm -hmm. others. Because even even non-believers who have not been justified, when they do wrong against us, or we, um, even if it's another believer, and we feel like they have wronged us, Christians should be the most patient people in the world because we trust that God is perfectly just and he's either going to right that wrong through christ who is going to pay for that sin and redeem that individual or he's going to right that wrong through christ when he returns and submits everything beneath him and brings in ushers in the new heavens and the new earth so either way whether it's this side of eternity or that side of eternity, God being just, he is going to address the injustice in the world. It doesn't mean that we don't fight for social justice. It doesn't mean that we don't uh, cheer on justice in our day, but we shouldn't elevate those things as some have to an idolatrous status to where that is the main thing. We should fight for those things and then trust that God being perfectly just is going to take care of that in his perfect timing. Mm. Out of preach, mm. Rob. Come on, bringing it back, bringing it, it back. I was talking about perfect timing earlier, and you know what? I just I had that ready. I brought it right back. <laughs> yeah, no, I meant. Uh, yeah, clearly, I it, did it's not good. have that ready. Yeah, no, it's amen. good to have it. It's good to <coughs> understand. Um, just as to reiterate what you said, when you understand that you are you are guilty, you you rightfully had the. Um, the verge of, of guilty, deserving death. I mean, that was your sentence, rightfully so. You're condemned. Um, and then God, out of his grace and mercy, mercy, nothing that you did, he redeems you, justifies you, makes you right, and adopts you into his family. That should change how you treat everyone, how you live your life. There's no doubt about it. No, no doubt about it. Justification. No hmm there you go cool all right y'all uh if you want to check out what we're doing you can head over to simpletheology.org you can find our past episodes there you can find a little bit about us what we're doing and you can see links to our social media you can interact with us on social media by using hashtag simple theology pod and you can find us on instagram at simple theology pod you can find us on facebook at simple theology and what else? You can shoot us a call by calling. Rick, what's the number? 614 233 233 1098. 
Okay, 614. And, and when I say call, I mean like leave a voicemail because yeah, no one's going to answer. And we won't play it on the air. Yeah. Promise. Unless you give us permission. Yeah, but you don't have to do that. No one's called ever yeah. since the Dan interaction. Well, actually, we do. We do have a voicemail. Oh. I just I just haven't looked at it. Well, don't call because so. apparently Rob's not going to listen to him. <laughs> I mean, I have, but like I haven't l- looked at the whole thank thing. Thank you for I calling we uh, three weeks ago. I saw person. the first couple lines. <laughs> yeah, no, it was actually just a couple days ago. So thank you for calling in. Don't know who it was at this point. However, it was me. I made. I left a voice. We can give him a shout out next time. <laughs> appreciate All right, you guys. Y'all, thanks very so much, much for listening. Really appreciate it. Yes. Hope you guys have an awesome, awesome. Hope you had an awesome Thanksgiving mm-hmm. weekend. Hopefully you survived Black Friday and everything that came with that. And we hope that the upcoming Christmas and Advent season will be one of great blessing to you. Enjoy the first so. week of Advent. That's right. Peace out. Peace. Peace.